Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, this is Eric from Standout Travel here in Sweden, and it's great to be partnering with Melfest Monday. Go and visit our website, standouttravel.se, to book your next trip to Sweden, and we're looking forward to host you. Happy Melfest! Och det första bidraget som går direkt till final är upp nu. Melodi nummer sju, Danny Dassa med Danny Saucedo! Melodi nummer sju, Beat of Broken Hearts med Clara Hammarsson! Melodi nummer ett. Nu vill jag hjälpa Anton Hedman! Det andra bidraget som går till final är Melodi nummer fyra. In the middle med Melodi nummer fyra, The Melody nummer Melodino 
just heard there the 12 acts that are taking part in next weekend's grand final of Melody Festival in 2021, as well as the moment they found out they had qualified for Saturday's big show. I, for one, cannot wait. I know, James, you are very, very excited. And not just because Saturday is just a few days away, but because we have plenty planned on this edition of Melfest Monday. This is arguably our busiest episode yet of Melfest Monday. We've got some fantastic guests lined up who are going to join us to look back at the second chance round and to look forward to the grand final. Uh, Our big guest who will be joining us throughout the entire episode, uh, you may remember him from an earlier episode of Melfest Monday, it's uh, SVT's online expert Gustav Darlander. He'll be spreading some of his facts and stats on all of the artists who are taking part in this coming weekend's grand final. Yeah, we've also got a special interview with one of the finalists on the way. I'll let James tell you who that's with. But we'll also be hearing from a woman who works behind the scenes to bring you all of the best action. Stina Sternqvist is a photographer, so she's one of the very few people that have been allowed to attend all of the live shows this year. So she'll be giving us a special insight into this year's competition. And if you didn't hear our exclusive interview with Martin Osterdal, the uh, the brand new executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest, we've got a little snippet of that where he is talking about his love and his experience at Melody Festival. But as Rob says, we've also got an interview with one of the acts who is taking part this coming weekend, Anton Ewald. We spoke to him earlier in the series of Melfest Monday, but he will be talking to us about what it's like to be performing this year in 2021 and his expectations of this coming weekend. We've got all that and more still to come. This is Melfest Monday. So that's right, welcome along to Melfest Monday, episode number six, which means that, of course, later on in the show, as we mentioned, we will be previewing the grand final a little bit later. But first, of course, we have to welcome the special guest joining us to talk us through all of the action. Looking back at Saturday's second chance round, looking ahead to the final, we are very pleased to welcome him back for the second time on this series of Malfest Monday, SVT's Gustav Darlando. Gustav, hello. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, Gustav, uh, I think I'm right in saying that you're in a good mood because at the time of recording, uh, your football team have just progressed in a Swedish Cup. Am I right? Yes, you're correct there. My voice is a little bad because uh, my favourite team, Hammarby, scored three goals on the arc rivals and advanced in the Swedish Cup. So that's a, it's an ordeal two days in a row because Melody Festival was the day before. Absolutely. Well, it is, it is wonderful to, to have you with us. Uh, James... To you then, what did you make of the action that we saw on Saturday? Of course, we, we should talk through 
the songs that made it through. Uh, do you want to run us down the qualifiers from Saturday's Second Chance? Yeah, of course. You're asking me, whereas, whereas we've actually got Gustav here who could do it in a much better accent, but we'll save him for, to read out the, uh, the grand final running order a little bit later. Uh, but of course, on Saturday night, the, the qualifiers to the grand final, uh, Alvaro Estrella, Paul Ray, Clara Klingenstrom and Clara Hammerstrom. And Rob, what a show it was on Saturday night. I was chatting to a friend about this uh, earlier in the week. This has got to be one of my favourite ever editions of Melody Festival. And, and that second chance round just sort of topped all of the other shows so far. Yeah, I think it really did. It was great. The host was great. It was nice to kind of see the vibe that we had. Even though it's the second chance round, I think you see with a lot of the artists, they are just delighted to have got that far. And and to get to the final is actually a bonus, especially for, for artists like Clara Klingenstrom, who, of course, was, was making her debut this year. And yes, I have apparently managed to learn how to pronounce her surname in the seven days between last week's podcast and this week's podcast. Yeah, I was really pleased with with the majority of the songs that made it through to Saturday's final. The, the, the group that I'm very disappointed that we're not going to see in the final, Lilla Sister, of course, we heard them on last week's podcast because I would have liked a bit of rock in the final. But but other than that, well, and actually, I did mention this to you, James, before recording, Eva and Ewa. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I'm very, very sad that they didn't make it through because they would have brought something a little bit different to the final. They certainly would have done, wouldn't they? They would have added that little flavour of fun, shall we say? Is that a phrase? Can I get away with flavour of fun? Does that work? I don't know. Gustav, does flavour of fun translate in Swedish as anything? Oh, well, I guess it would work. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> with it. I'm not a native English speaker anyway, so. <laughs> James, what did you think? Well, of just Eva and Ewa? Um, but no, generally about the whole show, I thought it was fantastic. I think personally, do you know what? I think I would have liked to see Eva and Ewa qualify as well, because like I say, it would have added that flavour of fun. The rest of the qualifiers, perfectly happy with. We'll chat about the rest of them in, in the grand final very shortly, but I think we've got a very, very strong lineup in that grand final this coming Saturday, Rob. Absolutely, we have. Now, Gustav, one thing that, that has really kind of taken me aback and... And of course, I imagine many of the, the Swedish viewing public is, is just how many people have been tuning in to all of the shows that we have seen of Melody Festival and so far. Of course, we haven't quite, I don't think, got the viewing figures from last night. You might be, you might tell me otherwise, but the viewing figures that we've seen for the, the semifinals, at least, have just been massive. Yeah, the, the figures for the heats have been uh, really good. It's, it's like the best since 2017 or something like that. Um, it's not uh, like... We didn't know what would happen with the pandemic. Uh, maybe everyone would watch or what would happen. We expected a race and uh, we did get a race, but it could have been even more. We have a Christmas special with the Donald Duck uh, animations that everyone are watching in Sweden. And we always use that as a reference. And it had a huge, like one million more than usual. Um, and uh, we didn't get that from Melody Festival, but it's still, uh, still up. Uh, and uh, uh, the voting is up very much. And we have voting records. Um, I think two voting records this far. Uh, so it's like uh, 650,000 people are, are voting or 650,000 voting units. Uh, so, so it's huge. I, sorry, James, before you, I'm sure, are about to ask a question about, about the voting and, and about the charity side of Melody Festival. And I just want to imagine the brilliant newspaper headline that maybe we'll see in Aftonbladet, which is just Krista Bjorkman versus Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But it's not entirely unrealistic, actually, because this is, Donald Duck thing is, is huge in Sweden for Christmas Eve. Who knew? You learn everything. Every day is a school day. Yeah. 
Shall we bring it back to, to Melody Festival and though? Because like Rob said, I, I do want to chat about the the voting and specifically about the the charity side of things, because I think this might be something that a lot of listeners to the podcast might not quite know about. But with the voting at Melfest, Gustav, people are actually raising money for charity as well, aren't they? Exactly. Um, you can uh, vote for free in the app and they can cost five votes for your favorite entry or for every entry if you want to, then the votes will not make a difference. Um, but then you can uh, go ahead and vote with your phone as well. And when you're voting with your phone, you can choose the inexpensive phone number or the more expensive phone number. And with the more expensive phone numbers, like you donate one US dollar, basically the equivalent to, to a charity. Um, and last, uh, when, when we were watching The Second Chance, it was for um, uh, poor countries hit by the pandemic, for example. And uh, they're raising about one million kroner, uh, uh, Swedish kroner, every uh, week, uh, if it's a good week. Um, and these numbers have been going up the last few years. Uh, we were afraid that they would go down, but they, they have been going up. And this is the charitable side of, of the public service organizations. There's a public service sort of charity organization called Radio Hjelp and the, the Radio Help, Radio Aid um, in Sweden. And, and they are responsible for this and SVT are cooperating with them. And Gustav, how much does this really show that Melfest this year has been really, really important to, to viewers in Sweden with the viewing figures getting re you know, record viewing figures, we're getting records with the, the voting and of course, all this money for charity as well. Clearly, Melfest this year has been really important to the people of Sweden. Yeah, definitely. And it's a funny thing with the charity. The numbers were going up to, I don't know, it was last year or the year before. Uh, just because they switched the order of the phone numbers, because previously they had the sheep phone number first, and then if you want to donate a little bit, you can use this phone number. And they just switched the order in the presentation. You can vote this and donate money, or this is the sheep phone number. And then the, it was like doubled uh, the, the amount of money that people were donating. So that's an interesting piece of psychology. Very clever tactics from SVT. Very, very clever. Uh, if if we do talk about the the acts that uh, that performed, of course, on Saturday night, and and those that made it through, and those that didn't make it through, Gustav, of course, you have been researching all of these artists over the last few weeks. Is there any surprises there for you, just in terms of the backgrounds of some of these artists with with big fan bases? Um, looking at the second chance, um, I actually personally, I was surprised that Clara Hammarström made it through with Beat of Broken Hearts uh, because she eliminated the Atrem Leo with uh, Best of Me. And that's an um, up-tempo pop act with a cute boy. And it's really hard to eliminate a cute boy in a duel in the second chance. Um, I think that maybe when we will see the, the numbers uh, revealed uh, the week after the final, uh, we will see that the age groups made a difference here because uh, in uh, Melody Festival and since uh, two years back, we are counting the votes based on age groups. So you have to have a support across all ages um, because otherwise you might have a lot of girl votes that will tip that over in favor of the, the cute guy. I don't know about you, James. I'm delighted for a number of reasons to have seen Clara Hammerstrom through. Uh, although all of that aside, it was my favorite song in the second chance round. Are you only delighted that she's gone through because you get to practice saying her name yet again? I, I am. And for similar reasons, I was disappointed to see Clara Klingenstrom make it through. <laughs> <laughs> but we're getting there with our pronunciations. But that doesn't mean to say that we won't still hand over to Gustav to take us through the finalists a little bit later. 
It's so funny. They they have it's not a, a common name, Hammarström and Klingenström. It's not like a lot of people have these kind of names in Sweden, but we have two people and they are both advancing from the second chance with with almost the same name. I know a lot of people I know a lot of people were looking forward to seeing Clara versus Clara, which unfortunately we didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Gustav, me and Rob were, were chatting about this before before we started recording, before you joined us. And it's a bit of a ridiculous question, but you are the man with the stats. Have two Claras ever appeared in the grand final together? Ooh, I don't think so. <laughs> but I have no idea, but it's just a wild guess that uh, maybe it's the first. Yeah, we didn't know whether you had a special document that was Claras in Melody Festival and that might have come in, come in handy, but maybe not. Maybe that's one for next year, who knows? I should, I should prepare that. But it's uh, Clara Klingenström, she has a lot of momentum. The Hover in Today, it obviously goes singing in Swedish. Um, she, she eliminated Eva and Eva and they were like one of the top trending items on Swedish YouTube. And they have been streaming well on Spotify too. So uh, I would have thought that Eva and Eva would have uh, eliminated Clara, but uh, uh, she has a, a very powerful backstory. She's very sincere. She comes across as, uh, you know, the girl next door. And um, she, she, um, she really has had the breakthrough this year because we haven't had a lot of breakthroughs from, from new acts. And I guess uh, she's the one, unless you want to count Tussa. No. Very quickly, before we move on to look ahead to the, the grand final this coming Saturday, uh, Paul Ray and Alvaro Estrella are the two other names who qualified from, from Saturday's second chance round. And I guess no surprise really for, for those two qualifying because they were both up against debutants. And like we've seen a lot this year and like we've seen a lot in other years, it is very difficult for a debutant to qualify out of the semi-final or out of the second chance round. Yeah, um, possibly. It's, it's like depending on which kind of momentum you get. Sometimes people want to have uh, to, to discover a new name. Um, and if you go to the second chance as a disappointment, you might run into trouble like Loreen did once, Carola did it once. Uh, if you're a big name going to the second chance, but you were expected to go immediately to the final, then you kind of lose the magic. And, and then you can have problems going up against a new name that people will like sympathize with. You're listening to Melfest Monday, a podcast from the Eurotrip. So more from Gustav Darlander later on as we start our build-up to Saturday's grand final. Of course, don't forget as well, if you want to get in touch, we are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us as well. We are hello at eurotrippodcast.com. But it is time for the Malfest Monday Hall of Fame. Of course, we saw on Saturday a number of people who have been involved in Melody Festival and inducted into SVT's official Hall of Fame. But we uh, we know this is the one that really, really counts. Uh, we tried to induct, and we did induct, our last member over the course of the last seven days, which was for Best Melfest Group uh, in honour of the Mammas making their way through to the grand final. It was Alcazar versus BWO. James, another win for you. Uh, it certainly was, wasn't it? Although I don't think we're calling them wins now, are we? Because I think we're trying to keep this very civil. But I will gladly accept a victory in any way, shape or form. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, with 73% of the vote, uh, the public agreed with me. Alcazar have now joined the other alumni in there in the Melfest Monday Hall of Fame. Indeed they have, but plenty of difficult decisions, I see, from, from a number of people on Twitter who 
You know, it was a toss-up whether they gave the vote to Alcazar or BWO. Uh, Chris tweeted us to say, I voted for Alcazar, but I've had Lay Your Love On Me stuck in my head ever since. What a gem. I agree. Great song. Obviously, I agree, because otherwise I wouldn't have nominated it. Uh, ESC fan as well. Uh, made a little gif. Alcazar or BWO, two buttons, and his finger was just hovering over both of them, because that was a big decision. He says, this is how I feel about it. And, you know, it was a tough one, but, but well done for you. But this week is another week. It's the final Hall of Fame induction this week. Yeah, you're right, Rob. It's time to do our last ever Melfest Monday Hall of Fame, at least for 2021 anyway. Uh, And this one's a little bit different because in the last few weeks, we've been doing it based on a certain category. Last week, it was group, of course. Uh, In the past, we've we've also done uh, best staging and, and things like that. But this week, myself and Rob are just going to pick our favorite ever Melfest song and hope that we can get the crowd on side but I'm not giving anything away I don't think I'm necessarily going to get the crowd on side with mine okay well you've had some successful nominees over the last few weeks uh, we should say this week may be the last Melfest Monday Hall of Fame but we will be back next week as well to review the grand final in the final episode of the series uh, but my nominee for this week's Melfast Monday Hall of Fame uh, my favourite Melfast song of all time uh, it comes with a story as so often they do from me uh, I remember watching this for the first time in a gay bar in Gothenburg I'd just eaten a lovely Italian now who appeared on the screen behind the bar but an artist who for many years I thought was called Victoria, apparently it's pronounced Victoria, who knew, and her track, As I Lay Me Down. Now, don't get me wrong, it's a very popular answer. I know this is a song that is loved by a lot of people. Only placed sixth in the final in 2017. Absolute travesty. But maybe we'll get her a little bit of retribution if she's nominated into the Malfest Monday Hall of Fame. I see you've gone for the crowd pleaser, haven't you? Because I think you're going to get a lot of people on side with that one. Uh, mine is, uh, is a little bit different. Uh, mine comes from 2002 in fact and um, I can see your face you're very surprised my Melfest knowledge goes back that far well it does but in very limited capacity it comes from an artist who is taking part in Melfest as recently as uh, it's 2018 and 2020 he does have a, a a very long name if I tell you his real name maybe this will give you a clue as to who he is brace yourselves Leopoldo Jorge Mendez Alcayaga do you know who it is yet Rob? It's not Mendes, is it, James? It certainly is Mendes. In 2002, he came with an absolute banger of a song. I tell you, if you've never heard it before, you are in for a treat when we're about to play for you uh, in just a second. Uh, of course, you'll know him for, for every day. He performed in 2018 and uh, Vamos Amigos as well in 2020. But like I say, I'm throwing it back to 2002 uh, with his song that, would you believe, finished second in the grand final. Uh, it was called Adrenaline. And honestly, you have to agree, best Melfa song ever.
Well, to be fair to you, James, in a week that we found out that Flowrider is part of a song for San Marino at actual Eurovision with a song title that sounds very, very similar, it's a very timely nominee. I think it's the easy choice to go for Victoria and Rob's suggestion. So, you know, think outside the box, people. When Rob finally gets around to posting the poll on Twitter at some point this week, vote with, uh, vote with your head, not your heart. It's DJ Mendes all the way. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. That's right. It is Melfest Monday, episode number six. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. If you've been with us for the entire series, all the more delighted to have you along with us. And, uh, and as another reminder, we will be here again next week, reviewing the final, looking ahead to whoever is representing Sweden at Eurovision 2021. Uh, but now time for a little bit of a unique insight into this year's Melody Festivalen from this woman. Hi, my name is Dina Schenqvist. Uh, I'm a photographer at Melody Festivalen, and you're listening to the Eurotrip. That's right, not an artist and a name that you probably will not have heard of before, but somebody who has a fascinating story to tell about Melody Festival and in general and about the competition this year. Because Stina is a photographer, as she mentioned there, who has been working on Melody Festival and for many years and she's one of the few people allowed in the inner circle at this year's Melfest. She's been there every single week covering the action so we thought who better to talk to about what has happened so far this year and I started the interview by asking how many times she has worked at Melody Festivalen. So my first one was in 2015 so I guess that means this year is the seventh time I think like the first years the first couple years is just like a hazy memory for me because I was so nervous all the time and everything was new and everything was so big so um like my working experience um these last years compared to the first years way different so it feels like um I've grown into the role and Melody Festivalen in my um, in my world has changed as well. So like, I think I, I like it more and more each year. I guess it, it's like when, when your children grow up, you learn the, get to l- learn uh, more about them and they become real persons. That's my little for me. Now, normally, of course, that means that you get to go on, on the tour and you get to go around the country as well, presumably, which must be very fun and very tiring. Yes, but mainly very fun. Now, talk to us a little bit about what your actual role involves. So how much of the week are you there for? You know, are you there kind of in the week and, of course, on the Saturday? And and, and what is your actual role? So normally I'm working from Thursday uh, through Saturday. Um, and then I'm photographing the repetitions on stage, the rehearsals on stage and um, and all things that goes around backstage and if there's um, um, the hosts of the show, I, I take um, like separate pictures of them and to our app and our social media and stuff like that. Uh, but this year is a little bit different um, because obvious reasons, everyone knows, blah, blah, blah. Um, so this year I'm also uh, working on Tuesdays. For many fans, of course, they can't wait to see your first pictures of, of what an artist looks like or what the staging looks like. You know, that's a lot of pressure for you. Really, I don't think about that as much. Um, 
I'm like always a little bit surprised when someone like, like when you reached out to me, I'm like, me, really? <laughs> so like, and I think uh, that's good for my mental health that I don't think about that too much um, because I, I honestly just enjoy my work so much. And I think it's very, I'm very happy to hear that people enjoy my work and, and want to see what uh, my pictures look like, um, obviously because you're interested in the artists and uh, and I get that. But uh, yeah, that makes me happy to hear, but I don't think about that. Obviously you must be used to it in your career now, but do you still get a buzz seeing pictures that you've taken in media outlets, websites around the world? Yeah, I do. It's uh, it's quite uh, cool, actually, to see, um, and also how, what people write in in the context where my pictures are. And yeah, I think it's uh, amazing how how many people are interested in Melodipstvallen and want to use the pictures and and write about it. We we talk on the podcast every single week and just try and get across to our listeners how massive Melody Festivalen is in Sweden. Are you amazed at how much interest there is in, in Melody Festivalen around the world? Yes, definitely. Like, um, I grew up here in Sweden, and I grew up with Melody Festivalen, and like, I know that it's a big thing in Sweden, but like Eurovision and Melody Festivalen in the Eurovision context is, yeah, that amazes me a lot. Now, when it comes to, to 2021, you've already mentioned it, of course, things very different this year. We all know why. But how does that make your role different? Are you having to, to do things very differently than you would normally? Yeah, like um, I can't go around as usual, you know, just chit-chatting with everyone and looking in, in the uh, dressing rooms of people like, hi, what are you doing? And that's usually how I go about. Um, so I miss that, uh, the spontaneous uh, part of it all. And also, you know, such a thing that having uh, a mask while you go in the corridors and then you meet someone and you're like smiling, but no one sees you're smiling because you're just like glaring at each other. It's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's weird. Also because I always... Um, in my pictures, try to find the momentum and the happiness, the spark. And it's, it's really harder to do it when you can't, when I can't uh, show that myself. Because when I show it, other people show it to me. And, you know, you create a, you create a moment together. And with a mask on, it's, it's really harder. Now you've as we've already said many times this interview, you've worked on many Melody Festivalens over the years. You, you've seen many artists and presenters. So is there a, I mean, again, this is a difficult question, but are there some artists that are kind of the ones that you most enjoy taking photos of? Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because I work at Swedish television. No, but um, things like generally, uh, I really, I'm really fond of um, certain light settings, uh, you know, when the light just floods, floods you and, you know, that really um, puts a spark in me. And also when the artists have, uh, you can see that they're really there, that they're not thinking about, oh, what camera is next? And I, it's 
such a big difference from, from for example, in uh, the Thursday rehearsal to the Saturdays. Some artists can go from like, you see they're all in their heads and nothing is like, there's just a haze. Uh, and then on the Saturday rehearsals, suddenly it's there. It's like piercing through. Is, is there a moment this year that really stands out for you so far? Obviously on Saturday, we're going to get the moment where, you know, your picture is going to be there of, of the winner. But in the, in the weeks leading up to that, is there a moment that stands out for you in this year's competition? I think um, the thing I thought talked about uh, earlier, where, where an artist goes from very uh, unsure to very sure. And um, Clara Klingenström this year, has really done that journey, I think. And now she's really confident and has the spark. And uh, that was really fun to watch her journey. Now, of course, all eyes are on the final on Saturday. Where are you going to be when the final is going out? And then, of course, we get to see your picture at the end of it all. But uh, but yeah, where will you be when, when the show is actually going on? When people are watching, they'll think, ah, that's where Stina is. I'll be all over the place. <laughs> no, but um, in um, in the when the broadcast is, I'm usually backstage and trying to capture all the moments when you know the last makeup is being put put on and everyone's nervous or happy or. So I'll be all all over the place, and then when the final moment um, is there, I will be with my big lens in the back and catching a reaction. And you've got a nice bit of uh, of synergy on on Saturday in the final because, of course, your career started taking photos of uh, Mons when he won Melody Festival, and and he's back as a presenter on Saturday. So right. that's a nice little storyline. Right. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And also, just a fun moment is that uh, there's another Swedish show on the uh, summertime. It's called Allsong på Skansen. Um, maybe you heard about it. Mons was also a host of that show. The first, yeah, the first year I started photographing that show, which was the very first photography job I ever had. Was he nice to photograph? I imagine he was. He's nice to look at, so he must have been nice to photograph. He's very nice to look at, so he's very nice <laughs> in the camera as well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stina, thank you so much for chatting and, and good luck on Saturday. And we look forward to seeing all your pictures. Yeah, me too. So nice talking to you. Thank you. So thanks to Stina for joining us on this week's episode of Melfest Monday. I think you'll all agree. Very interesting to hear about her past history with Melody Festivalen. And also, she's just one of us, isn't she? She just finds Mons as attractive as the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Rob. Yeah, that's not where I thought you were going to go. Um, you could have talked about her extraordinary work she's done for, for Melody Festivalen. But no, swing it back to Mons every time, don't you? I do, honestly. I can't tell you how excited I am to see his little face on the screen again on Saturday. He might be speaking in a language I don't understand, but it'll still do it for me. Uh, speaking about uh, this coming weekend anyway, it's time to turn our attentions to that grand final itself. And we are very lucky enough to be speaking to one of the artists who was bidding for victory. We spoke to him a few weeks ago here on Melfest Monday. It is Anton Ewald. He took part in the, uh, the second semi-final a few weeks ago and qualified direct to the final alongside Dotter. He will be performing in third place in the final this coming Saturday. And if you 
cast your minds back to that semi-final and the moment he did actually qualify it was such a release of emotions you could see what it meant to him uh, so I started off our conversation by asking him what indeed it did mean to him to qualify to the grand final of Melfest yet again. It means the world to me it's meant the world to me I'm, I've, I've been able to get to the final three times now uh, out of the three times that I've tried so I'm, I'm so just honored and grateful by that for that you know like it, it's it's really like it, people don't know how much it really means to me like it means the world to me to just to, to you know to that people you know spend their hard hard on earn money on on you know voting for me like that 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 really means a lot and what was it like then to be back on the Melfest stage for, for a third year yeah it was, I had, I had a blast. Like I, it was, it was, I was nervous. I mean, everybody could tell that I was nervous. I was bawling my eyes out. Um, but <laughs> um, um, it, it felt great. I had a blast really. Like it was so much fun. Um, and I came back and I was like, hmm, I should do this more often. You know, <laughs> like I had, I had a ton of fun. Yeah. But of course, this year was so much different to the previous years you've done it. You did it a few years ago. And, and of course, like Melfest every single year, there's thousands of people in the arena watching you and, and cheering and singing along. But this year, we know it was so much different. So what was it like to just do it for the TV cameras rather than the thousands of people there with you? I'm not going to lie to you. It was kind of nice, to be honest with you. <laughs> um not because I don't like seeing people there. I love performing in front of a live audience, you know? Um, but you could really, really just like focus on getting all the camera angles right. And you could like, you, you get what I'm saying? Like you could give all of your energy to the camera instead of trying to get both, you know? Like get people in the arena excited, but also make sure that the viewers get some, you know? Like you could really just focus on making a great performance, you know? Um, but I, I obviously missed the the live audience, um, but it was um, yeah it was it was it was it was good in the way that I you I wasn't as nervous uh, before going up on stage. Uh, obviously, when we were waiting for the result, I was taking a shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but um, but it it was. Um, yeah, like I said, like I, I missed the audience, but it was also less, it was less nervousness in, involved, um, at least uh, before and during. Yeah. I remember the last time we spoke, you said that your preparation and, and the staging for it was to make it more appealing to the, to the audience at home, to make it more look like a, a music video, so to speak. And it did really right. come across that way. And, and like you said, oh, okay, you, you did focus that attention <laughs> on the audience at home. So you did a very good job at doing that, I must say. Well, I'm happy you say that. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was that was the whole plan. Like, just you know, like we okay, we don't have an audience. Let's just give it. Just let's let's just you know put on a full show for the cameras, really, um, and try to make it like feel like somewhat of a music video ish. I've got to ask about the um, the reprise you did, the second performance on the night. Uh, once you found out that you qualified to the final and clearly there was so much emotion that came over you at that moment because you almost broke down in tears clearly we mentioned this at the start about how much it meant but we yeah. saw just how much that did actually mean to you yeah it really meant a lot um you know because because i in my opinion this is my opinion i mean if you ask someone else then they might say something different but like in my opinion you know like who am i to ever 
to ever take someone's vote for granted. And I didn't know what to expect at all. You know, it's, it's been it's been a while since I was on, uh, since I s- stood on stage. You know, um, but but yeah, so it's it's been it's really been a while for me. You know, so it was just like like it was so draining to be honest with you. Like to just do it all like mentally and emotionally, it was draining. But it was a ton of fun. But you know, um, and and I just you know like it just it just meant so much to me. I wasn't I. I didn't go in expecting to go through to the final, you know, like I would, I'm not that kind of person. I would never do that. To me, it's like, if you want to make, if you want to get somewhere, if you want to, whatever, whatever it is, like, if you want to make it somewhere, then you have to work for it. You know, like nothing, nothing's for free and don't expect, don't ever expect anything. And it's been three weeks or so since you qualified. What, what's yeah. been going on in, in the world of Anton in, in the last like three I'm weeks still or so? I feel exhausted from, from, from those three <laughs> Like, I feel like I'm so tired still. Like, it was so like, ah, oh, you know. Um, it's, it's, been, it's been hectic for sure. It's been hectic. Um, and like I said, I, I, I'm still exhausted since, since I was uh, doing my thing on stage. Um, it's been hectic. Uh, but my mind has just been like, okay, just just recharge, recharge your energy, you know, like, it's not over. This is just step one, you know, um, just recharge your energy so that so that you can you can do it all over again and, and hopefully even better. <laughs> Are we going to see anything new, anything exciting or is the staging going to be the same? Have you been working to, to tweak little things or anything like that? Um, we've been working to tweak to tweak a little bit. Um, there are no major changes, you know, we're not like making it like, like uh, we don't have like a rain of fire coming down or anything. Like that would be added. good. That might be yeah, a good idea. Yeah, it would actually. <laughs> maybe I should, maybe we should add it just. At the end. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so we haven't, we have, we don't have any major changes um, except from the fire rain now that we just decided on. Uh <laughs> no major changes just some just some camera um we want to change some stuff around to just to showcase you know the dancing even more um and uh yeah just just try to give everybody uh, a little enhanced version of what they saw uh three weeks ago and in the grand final uh, along with you of course there's plenty of other great performers but two i'd love to ask you about two that you've worked with a lot in the past as well i'm sure you know which names i'm about to mention but danny and eric are both in the final as well have you yeah, spoke, have you are. spoken to either of those guys yet about it i haven't we haven't we haven't we haven't spoken to each other i i actually spoke to them both before before we um before we competed uh like a couple like a few weeks ago we, we I, I i ran into danny actually on the subway, believe it or not. Uh, and then Eric, I met at rehearsals. Um, so we, we, we've been chatting a little bit. Um, I mean, it feels great that they're in there, that they're in the final too. You know, they're my friends, you know? So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that they made it to the final as well. I mean, I expected them to go to the final because they're not only are they great artists and musicians, but you know, like they also, have a shit ton of fans you know <laughs> so like i kind of expected for them to 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 go to the final and i was right um but but i'm 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 really i'm really happy to be to get to hang out with them all of next week <laughs> and what are your 
hoops. Well, I was going to ask about your hopes, but you said to me earlier on you didn't expect necessarily to go to the final. So what are your expectations or what are your hopes for, for your result uh, next weekend? To be honest with you, my, the only the only expectation I, I, I have is is on myself, um, you know, to to do to do a better job to 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 to, to uh yeah to to just to just give a to, to give a great performance and just give it my all and and hopefully uh perform better than what i did last time you know th- those are those are really my only expectations and and hopes for the final um you know like this is this is melody festival and anything can happen and anyone can win especially in the final and to be honest with you like I'm just happy to, to, to get to be a part of it too. Like to, just to be in the final is, is, is basically a win, you know, like no matter what you made it to the final, you know? Um, but from here on out, it's just like, I'm just going to give it my all and, and we'll see how it goes. It would, it would be an honor to me if I got to represent Sweden, of course, in Eurovision, you know, that, that would mean the world to me, but, but uh, I don't, I don't, you know, like I, I, I'm just, I'm just focusing on going out there and, and doing a good job, and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> and because, of course, this is probably the last time we speak to you during Melfest season this year. What can we expect uh, from you over the the next twelve months or so? You said you don't, you haven't done a lot of stage work over the last two or three years. So, can we expect to see more of you on stage? Can we ex- expect some more music from you? What's going to happen over the next twelve months or so? Yeah, so I'll be releasing uh, tons of music, actually, tons and tons of music. Um, so I'm 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 really excited about that, of course. And uh, in in the best of worlds, uh, the pandemic is you know calms down calms down a little bit, so that so that um, not only me but everybody everybody else every every struggling artist now in the world. All we want to do is just get out and and and. Uh, you know, uh, and have shows and meet fans. And, you know, like, I, I can't wait um, until until I'm able to do that. And Don, let me finish off by wishing the, you the very best of luck for, for the final of Melfest this year. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. So we've just heard there from Anton Ewald, who is, of course, taking part in this coming weekend's final of Melody Festival. And we wish him the very best of luck and we wish all the other 11 Acts the very best of luck as well. Uh, Rob, first of all, fantastic to speak to Anton yet again here on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to, to his uh, grand final performance, especially if he takes on board that piece of advice from, uh, like I said, to, to change that staging. He seems on board with it. Yeah, I like to uh, to think that we'll be watching on Saturday and we'll find out that actually you have played a role in changing everything that Anton had planned for Saturday. But no, you two had a lot of fun. I think you and Anton could meet up for a beer in Stockholm once all this is finished. Hey, you never know. I might bump into him like you did with uh, with Danny on the subway in Stockholm. Maybe I'll find myself there on a summer holiday and uh, me and Anton bump into each other and you never know. Friends for life. <laughs> I feel like you might be uh, might be a little bit optimistic about that, but who knows? We'll find we'll find out. Uh, Anton, of course, drawn third in the grand final of Melody Festival in twenty twenty one. Gustav, talking about Anton, but also talking about all the other acts. How important is the running order in Melody Festival and when it comes to the final? Uh, well, generally, you could say that the running order is more important the more entries you have in in um, a show. Uh, but it's still, you know, statistically, the running order is important even in the heats when you just have seven acts. 
And in the final, nowadays, we have 12 acts. So the running order definitely matters, I would say. It's interesting, isn't it, James, the opening act that we have in the grand final on Saturday. Of course, it, it's it's the biggest name in the final, really, aside from Charlotte Pirelli, Danny Saucedo. Now, Gustav, do we think that Danny will be bringing, you know, that big fan base and actually singing first isn't going to be a problem for him? And, and you can see why SVT have made the decision to put him on first. Yeah, Danny, who is a good supporter of the Hammarby Football Club as well. Uh, he lives on, on the southern part of Stockholm. Um, yeah, he has this show opener. It's uh, it's logical to put him first, I think, because um, when you, you have a number one in the final, you want to get the party started. Uh, so usually you have a strong name there, but not maybe the biggest contender for the win. And Danny is not here to win it. He's here to get a hit and to, to get something done on the stage, on a live stage, because uh, uh, due to the pandemic, he's been sitting in his apartment a lot, I expect. James, I don't know about you, but I'm taken aback by how quickly the producers of Melody Festival and managed to get the running order for the final out. You know, when it comes to Eurovision itself, we're waiting for that grand final running order once the semis are finished for hours. But, but here we get the post-it notes up within minutes. No, I remember once, I think I was uh, in Lisbon for the for the grand final of uh, Eurovision. I think it was like 2am, I was wandering the streets of Lisbon and uh, ping, it came on my phone, the running order is out. But for, for Melody Festival, and it was uh, it was only about an hour or so after the show. And I must say, the producers put a, a fantastic amount of effort into the into the production of Melfest as a whole. Then they come out with post-it notes for the, for the running order. They need to up their game with that, don't they, Rob? I don't know. I like a post-it. You know, you and me love a post-it. My desk here is covered in them. <laughs> Gustav, I don't know if you can give us any sort of an insight into how they are able to make that decision so quickly. Of course, they already know eight of the songs that are going to be in the final before Saturday, but there is still a, a lot of moving around that has to happen there. Yeah, and they have been doing it live on the Second Chance show uh, some of the years too. Uh, so uh, they have been even faster. Um, it's like they have most of the songs. They know where they have the, the strong songs, um, provided that you, you're not seeing a, a real contender coming out of the second chance, which is rare. Um, so then you know how to distribute your you know, hotspots in the running order in the final. And then you have maybe the position two open in the running order. And then you, you have uh, expectations of who will qualify because you know the voting results from the heats, which we don't know. Um, and I think those things are aids for them. But I'm also a little surprised that they have been doing this live on the show uh, because that really, you know, given the effort that they are putting into the running order in the heats when they are sitting for days and days with those post-it notes. Um, yeah, it's, it's quick work, yeah, but uh, I guess they know what they're doing. Now, one man who will no doubt have experience in, in producing the show and producing that running order and maybe writing out the post-it notes even, is the brand new uh, executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest itself. We were very lucky enough to have that exclusive interview with him on the Eurotrip last Friday. And no doubt he will be another one of us fans who will be tuning in to this coming weekend's grand final of Melody Festival. Yeah, of course, I've watched it. I mean, it's, I have so many friends working working with the show um, and I like watching the show. I have three kids as well at home um, and uh, it's uh, it's just not, it's not on uh, to not watch Melody Festival and that's, uh, you know, a Saturday night in, in, in February, uh, you're watching Melody Festival and 
so yeah, we're watching it. Uh, we're enjoying it. Um, uh, when I refer to uh, to the national selections, um, and it's interesting to to uh, to look at them now to see how they handle the challenge of not having an audience. Melody Festival is, of course, one of them uh, that I was I was referring to. It's uh, I think they've done a really good job this year. Um, I think the um, there's also an interesting um, curve between the first episode and and uh, and, and the fourth, and so uh, it, it goes to show that they've um, they, they've adapted and changed a few things, and they've got got used to these new circumstances. And now I think the show is running as well as it ever has before. It's fantastic, of course, to hear that Martin Osterdahl, like the rest of us, are all fans sitting at home watching Melody Festival and will be watching the final on Saturday. Uh, Gustav, you, of course, have, have worked on, on Melody Festival in the past and, and have worked with Martin, haven't you? Yeah, uh, I worked with him, especially on the Eurovision Song Contest productions when, uh, when Sweden was hosting. Um, and um, I was an external reporter and did interviews with him a few times when he was on uh, Melody Festival and and talk to him in private too. He's really this, uh, he's a no-nonsense guy. He's, he's like very serious. He's very focused. And he's this guy who's, he, he gets things done. Uh, when he, it's needed, he stands up and he's holding a little speech to motivate everybody and said, this is where we're going. This is what we have to do. And, um, you know, uh, I think it's, it's good that Eurovision has uh, a strong guy who will, uh, guard and protect the interests and the core values of the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, I think I think he might do a very good job there. Now, if you, of course, want to listen again to, to James's interview with Martin Osterdahl, if you haven't already, uh, that's all available, of course, on, on all of your streaming services. Now, let's talk about some of the, the contenders, I would say, for the, uh, for the, the, the title in, in Melody Festival and who could go on to represent uh, Sweden at, at the Eurovision Song Contest. Let's talk about the Mammas. Now, the Mammas are just after Anton in the final. They'll be singing fourth. So you've got some, some big hitters in, in the early stages of the final on Saturday. How do groups normally get on, Gustav? Because, of course, the Mammas won last year and, and they won with... Jon Lundvik the year before, but we haven't seen a group represent Sweden since 2007, is that right? Yeah, I guess you're right there. I was prepared to, but, but uh, it's true that the groups are, you know, you don't, you're not getting this focused um, energy somehow on one person and you're relating to this specific person. It's similar with the, the victories on the Eurovision Song Contest. It's not usually a group. Uh, so um, it probably has to do with this. It's uh, some kind of TV production thing. Arvin Garner as, as well, of course, if we can we can have in, in that bracket as well, who mm. are closing the grand final uh, for the second time in a row that they've been in the final, because, of course, they closed again in, in 2019. And, and we talked, Gustav, didn't we, about the, the producers wanting to start the party with Danny, and, and there's no better app than Arvin Garner, is there, to kind of close the party off? Yeah, that has become a tradition too when it comes to the running order to put as number 12 one of the, you know, an act that is not expected at all to win. And it's probably going to be in Swedish and it's probably going to be an act that makes everyone stand up and dance on their seats uh, when you have audience in the arena. Uh, so everyone expected Arvingana to be at uh, position 12 there, unless Eva and Eva would make it to the final. 
Absolutely. I was uh, I was in the, the group chat with Rob on, on Saturday night and I was saying if Eva and Eva qualify, they will definitely be performing last in the grand final. You just think back to, to last year, Aniston Demina performed last, uh, I think going back even further, 2018, Roland were, were on last. It's always that fantastic party song, bit of fun uh, to, to sort of close the show. Uh, but focusing on the, the grand final again, Charlotte Pirelli, of course, she is one of these acts who has, who has been there, done that. I think uh, Gustav, has she been there five times as a, as a lead artist? She, she, surely she'll be another one of these, not necessarily fighting for the win, but she will have a lot of fans behind her who will be picking up their phones to vote for her. Yeah, it's interesting to see what will happen there. Will people uh, vote for this kind of Schlager song when it really comes down to choosing your entry for Eurovision? Or will people like step away a little bit from it? We had uh, Magnus Carlsson in the final in 2015 with uh, Matt Meier Gamla Storm. And uh, it didn't do that well in the final, but it was also a very sh strong Schlager song um, with a modern expression and also one of those classic uh, singers. So it's not one of those uh, songs that uh, people are talking about uh, as, as a possible contender. When we talk about the impact of Melody Festival in, in Sweden. Of course, the impact is seen very evidently in the charts and in the streaming numbers of these songs. One of the artists that's doing incredibly well, of course, is Tusa. He's singing after Charlotte Pirelli. He's in seventh place in, in the final, or it's the seventh slot he'll be appearing anyway. Eric Sada, of course, as well, we know, is, is doing incredible numbers when it comes to streaming. We'll talk about him shortly. But, but do those streaming numbers give us a bit of a clue, do you think, Gustav? Yeah, certainly. Um, the, the Spotify uh, streaming figures are really, you know, in the week of the final, you're updating that Sweden top 50 list every day to see if something happens. Um, it's not like it would perfectly predict how people will vote because we have seen that before. Uh, but you need to be um, uh, up there if you want to win uh, at least a popular vote. And uh, at this moment, uh, Tussa is, uh, is definitely number one there. We've got to talk about uh, Eric Sarder, of course. I think he's many fans' favourites to be uh, the victor this coming Saturday night. And a little stat that I saw on, on Saturday night itself was that he's going to be performing in 10th place in the grand final. And, and he's performed there on all three other occasions that he's, uh, he's reached the grand final. Oh, really? Did he? I didn't know that. But oh. um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, I guess that's true uh, with the um, man boy popular. But did he really as number 10 with Sting? Yeah, maybe he did. Uh, so <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, we can see that they put uh, the modern uh, songs, um, the most modern, like cutting edge songs, uh, towards the end of the final uh, with Eric as, as number 10 and Dotter with Little Tot as number 11. Um, but uh, I personally would predict that it would be hard for them to beat uh, to serve anyway. Uh, Tussé is really the one to beat. And the only one that could do it, if we're looking at the odds right now, is Eric Sane. That's really, really interesting. Now, before we talk about that a little bit more, uh, we got a little message from a guest on a previous episode of Malfest Monday, uh, Toby Eck, of course, from Afton Blardet. Now, he sent us this just after Saturday's second chance round. Hi guys, this is Toby Eck from Aftonbladet here. Really excited about the second chance competition and the four acts that qualified from there to the final. Although I do not think that any one of them will be competing for the victory in the Melfest 
final this coming Saturday. Uh, instead, I am really excited because I think it will be a really, really tight competition. Uh, we have Eric Sade and Tusse who are fighting it out on the Spotify charts. This week, it's been really, really tight between them. And I think that might very well be um, uh, what's going to happen on Saturday as well in the final. Will it be Tusse with his really, really super song skills and, and a really nice classic Eurovision entry or will it be Eric Sade with a contemporary dance act with a very modern pop song but we might we must not count out or exclude Danny Saucedo, Dotter or the Mamas from this competition because don't forget about last year the Swedish pundits did not really consider the mamas to be contenders for the uh, for gold and this year they're back again they are not chanting as well as um, Tusse or or Eric Sade is but neither did they last year but they have a huge support and people love to see them on stage so uh, to win Melfest this year you really need to beat the mamas uh, and I think it will be between them, Eric Sade, Tusse, and perhaps Dotter. And maybe Dani Saucedo, but I think we can probably... He might not be as strong a contender as the rest of the group I mentioned. So he mentions there some of the names that we've already been through. He mentions Tusse, he mentions Eric Sade as the, the main contenders. But we do have to talk about Dotter. Now, James, I know you're a huge fan. She's there in 11th, straight after Eric Sade. It's a huge pressure point in the running order, isn't it? Do you think there's a chance that they might, I don't know, kind of take each other out, having so much attention on them one after the other? Personally, I think that is going to be one of the, the deciding moments of the night, isn't it? Them two going back to back, two of the big favourites, two with massive fan followings across Sweden and, and across across Europe as well. Oh, it's so difficult to decide, isn't it? I think Eric might sort of edge it out if it, if it did sort of come down to maybe even a, a, a you know a, a one point decider like it did last year I don't think it will necessarily be that but I think Eric would probably edge them out but Gustav that is a is a very you know very finely poised end to the end of the show isn't it with Eric and Dr back to back yeah it's, uh, it's been hailed as a very strong final and a lot of people are you know happy with the songs that were advancing people were voting rather safely to this year but uh, i think that there was a lot of pressure to a lot of people wanted to be in melody festivalen this year and there were established names that didn't get a position because you need a mix and uh, the established names that we did get in melody festivalen has uh, strong songs this year and uh, maybe this contributed to that they all made it to the final and people were voting safely. And, and then we got this uh, very strong final with really a, a crescendo towards the end. Now, Gustav, before we hear from you about your plans for watching the final on, on Saturday, uh, James, I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's have your top three on Saturday. Oh, as a fan, I really want to say Dotter's going to do it, but I don't think she is going to be able to. So I'm going to say Eric is going to be the winner. Uh, I'm going to say Dot is going to be in second place and then Tusa is going to come in third. But who am I to say? Rob, neither are you, but uh, let's have your guesses anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our predictions don't mean anything at all, as you've already said. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you with two of those names. I think... Uh, I don't know. I, Gustav's persuaded me. I think Tusa could maybe win it on, on Saturday. Uh, let's have him winning. Eric second. And then purely because of his massive fan base, uh, Danny Saucedo. 
in third, I reckon. Maybe. I don't know. It's such a strong final. It's so hard to predict, but we'll go with that anyway. Uh, Gustav, how are you planning on uh, on watching on Saturday? Of course, presumably you'll, you'll be at home like everybody else. Are you going to get some special snacks in? Yeah, probably. Um, I've been working this year mostly with these uh, facts uh, articles, uh, the contest Bible, and you can find them still at uh, media.melodifestivalen.se, this media uh, website that SPT put up this year. Um, but um, since this, this is research, I'm basically finished this year, which is so strange. It's like uh, I, I haven't been, I have been working with Melody Festivalen every year since uh, I didn't work 2006. So I was only a fan in 2006 and the years before that. So I have to find that mode and like, okay, how do you enjoy Melody Festival and as a fan purely, because I just have to update these articles a little bit. Uh, so it's very, very different. And, uh, but uh, I guess it would be a lot of fun. So if like us, you are a fan and you are listening and you've got any tips for Gustav, who is going to be experiencing it as a fan for the first time in so many years, get in touch. You can you can tweet him as well uh, and let him know how to enjoy uh, Melfest as a fan. But uh, it's probably about time we wrap up and uh, a massive thanks for the for the second time in this mini series of Melfest Monday to Gustav for, for joining us. Thank you, Gustav, for, for, for coming along for the ride. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Always fantastic to have Gustav Darlander on Melfest Monday, on any podcast, in fact. I might just set one up so I can have a chat to him every single week. What a lovely, lovely man. And good luck as well to Hammerby in the Swedish Cup. Just out of interest before we do go, is that going to be uh, the Robin Gustav show? RNG. That's what we'll call it. Is that what they're calling you already? RNG. Or Guru, depending on what order we go with. <laughs> oh, please don't say that again. Please don't. Well, there you go. We've only got one episode of Melfest Monday left next week. And you know, find well what's going to replace it. The Guru Show, apparently. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd tune in, if I'm honest. But uh, as we've said already many times, thanks very much for uh, for listening to us. <laughs> Especially if you've managed to get through what has turned out to be a bumper episode of Melfest Monday. It's been an absolute marathon. Uh, so big thanks, as we say, to, to Gustav for joining us to Steena, uh, to Martin, and to Anton. And to and don't forget Toby as well. Yeah, I nearly forgot Toby. Uh, don't tell him I said that. But it was fantastic to have all those guests along uh, for the ride with us this week. And we're in for a massive treat this coming weekend. You're talking about the final, yeah? I am. I'm not talking about the preparations for the Guru Show. <laughs> thought you had some special takeaway planned. Actually, very, very quickly before we do say goodbye, what are you planning? I'm having a Swedish party. I've managed to persuade my girlfriend, just me and her, obviously, uh, that we'll be getting some Swedish food in. Don't know what, they love an open sandwich. Might go for one of them. Yeah, absolutely. We're planning a, a little bit of a small party as well, some Swedish food, and my brother has said he's doing fancy dress, so we'll soon see what that's all about. He likes a bit of the old Alvaro Estrella, so is he going to... Gonna fancy himself as a bit of an Alvaro or oh, don't tempt him you will do it if you tempt him well we've all got that to look forward to and that's not even the final itself <laughs> thank you very much everybody for listening uh, don't forget of course we will be back with the Euro trip on Wednesday when we will have another special guest who will be chatting all about Melody Festivalen and her involvement in the competition down the years yeah you're absolutely right. So another big week for us here at the Euro trip. But until we are back on Wednesday, uh, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. And from me, it's goodbye. And from me, it's goodbye. Goodbye.
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.